Good evening, it is 5 p.m. and you're listening to CFRC 101.9 FM, cfrc.ca. I'm Alexandra Fernandez and you're tuned into The Rundown, a local news show airing every Tuesday at 5 p.m. that features interviews, local headlines, and different reportage to keep you in the know of what's going on in Kingston. Let's jump right into some local news headlines. Rediscover one of the Museum of Healthcare's most beloved programs this Family Day. On Monday, February 20th from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m., children and their families can bring their teddy bear or other special stuffed animal to the Museum of Healthcare where trained teddy doctors and nurses will be on hand to examine and treat any bumps, lumps, and bruises. Be ready to learn, laugh, and find out why doctors and hospitals aren't so scary after all. The event will include a hands-on activities and special crafts. It's suitable for all ages. Registration is not required and admission is by donation. Masks are required for this event and are available at the door. In past years, the Teddy Bear Hospital has been the Museum of Healthcare's signature event. Hundreds of visitors have attended each year. The goal of the event is to dispel any fears that children may have about visiting a healthcare provider, improve health literacy, and promote health and well-being, and of course, highlight the museum's collection of historical medical artifacts. Events like the Teddy Bear Hospital that allow children to ask questions and learn about healthcare processes and the professionals that can help them when they are sick or injured play an important role in supporting the development of positive attitudes towards healthcare, says Dr. Stephen Yates, General Practitioner of KFLA Public Health. Sometimes children have fears about doctors or hospitals, so when they can experience healthcare along with a treasured stuffed animal, it becomes less threatening and a lot of fun. Due to the COVID-19 pandemic, the museum has been unable to run the event in person since 2020. The Teddy Bear Hospital will return this year to its original format, and staff and volunteers couldn't be happier. Our Teddy Bear doctors and nurses can't wait to welcome children and their families back into the museum for this fun event for Fluffies, says Program and Communications Coordinator Claire Notman. Working alongside museum staff and volunteers, children will share in the experience of a checkup for their stuffy and help with bandaging, x-rays, splinting, and casting. There will be lots to do and see at this event. Again, that is happening on Monday, February 20th from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. at the Museum of Healthcare. The Kingston Frontenac Public Library has many different... The Kingston Frontenac Public Library has many different events and programming happening this month. One information session that they're hosting is to take control of your future care with advanced care planning. In one's later life and at the end of life, caregivers are often left to make decisions. Advanced care planning gives people time to consider and reflect on the kind of health and medical care they would consent to or refuse in the future and reduces loved one's decision-making burden. If you have thought about these decisions, put them off, or considered who will advocate on your behalf for your future needs, our upcoming advanced care planning session is for you, says Jake Miller, librarian of adult programming. Led by the Kingston Chapter of Compassionate Communities, the January 31st Advanced Care Planning Session runs from 6.30 to 8 p.m. at the Isabel Turner Branch. These sessions are a good starting point for significant and often difficult decisions, Miller explains. KFPL and Compassionate Communities offer a neutral, welcoming environment that allows people to learn about and discuss what will matter most in their later years. Registration is required and can be completed at kfpl.ca or over the phone at 613-549-8888. Another programming session that the Kingston Frontenac Public Library is doing is learning to make Chinese paper lanterns to celebrate the Lunar New Year. 
On January 25th, Yan Mak of the Chinese Canadian Association of Kingston and District will be hosting an origami workshop at the Kingston Frontenac Public Library's Isabel Turner branch. Participants will make a 3D paper lantern, and this is a great way for people to join the Chinese tradition of letting go of the past year and welcoming the new year with good fortune. The Lunar New Year is among the most widely celebrated festivals on Earth, acknowledged by numerous nations and cultures. The Chinese New Year ends with the Lantern Festival marking the first full moon. Jake Miller says that the Lunar New Year is a time of many celebrations. This is an exciting opportunity to participate in cultural exchange, promote heritage, and learn about the significance of Chinese lanterns and how to make one yourself. Registration is also required for this program, which runs from 6.30 to 7.30 p.m. on January 25th. Space is limited, and to register, you can go to calendar.kfpl.ca or call 613 613- Five four nine eight 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 eight. This event is generally support. This event is generously supported by the friends of the Kingston Frontenac Public Library branch. Happening later this week, on Thursday, January 19th, from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. virtually, the Kingston Climate Change Symposium is taking place, hosted by Sustainable Kingston. This event is free and open to the public and all ages, and is a great way to learn more about the climate crisis ongoing, not only in Kingston and Ontario, but the world as a whole. Many speakers will be in attendance for the symposium, including the Honorable Catherine McKenna, the former Minister of the Environment and Climate Change, and Paul Taylor will also be in attendance, who is the former Executive Director of Food Share Toronto and an anti-poverty activist. A panel of four members will also be present that will be moderated by Sustainable Kingston's Chief Operating Officer, Jeff Henry. The event will be hosted by Ali Hassan, a broadcaster, performer, comedian, and author. I had the amazing opportunity to speak with Jeff Henry, Chief Operating Officer of Sustainable Kingston, about the Climate Change Symposium, what people can expect, and how people can also practice sustainability in their day-to-day lives. It was a very interesting conversation, and so we're going to welcome Jeff Henry onto CFRC 101.9 FM. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your role as COO at Sustainable Kingston, please? Sure, yeah. I'm the uh, Chief Operating Officer at Sustainable Kingston, uh, and I've been with Sustainable Kingston for about three years now. Awesome. And so, like we said, the Climate Change Symposium is happening this coming Thursday, January 19th, starting at 9 a.m., and is hosted by Sustainable Kingston in partnership with a lot of different um, organizations as well. What exactly is the aim of this event for people who have been before, who haven't been before? What can they sort of expect and hope to take away from it? Yeah, our aim and the event is partnered, our main partners, of course, is with the city of Kingston. Uh, And our goal is to um, engage and educate and enlighten um, residents of Kingston and beyond uh, um, with regards to issues uh, pertaining to the climate crisis. So, um, you know, our past speakers have included uh, Sheila Watt-Cloutier and uh, Joanna Wagstaff, meteorologist Joanna Wagstaff, and this year we're thrilled to have uh, a former Minister of Environment and Climate Change, Catherine McKenna, and also anti-poverty activist Paul Taylor, and a energy panel that includes Lucas Duchesne from the CFP Kingston, um, Russell Horn from the City of Kingston, uh, Dr. Kyla Tianhara, who is a professor at Queen's University, and Abdul Renzak uh, Jendi, who is at the Kingston Economic Development Corporation. Very exciting to have a lot of people from, like you said, different walks of life who can kind of, you know, contribute all these different perspectives and things like that. Um, And in regards to that, uh, why do you, I guess you, um, 
believe that, you know, having all these different perspectives is important in, um, you know, teaching and educating people about climate change, especially, you know, um, after the last few years when um, it's been a very big talk, especially about like intersectional um, climate activism and things like that. Certainly, yeah. And I mean, with with Catherine McKenna, obviously, she has been around the table with world leaders and has had access that a lot of us a lot of us don't have um and so she's able to speak from that perspective the uh, you know paul taylor has been um doing incredible work for years in toronto um revolutionizing um how food security or food insecurity is addressed and he has a re really great you know grassroots approach and a grassroots perspective um you know and then with regards to our energy panel you have folks from the private sector large institutions um, and, uh, and, and, uh, you know, the city of Kingston. So all levels of government and private public sectors. And, you know, are we, we aim obviously for, to have a diverse group of voices, not only from background, but also, um, other, you know, other perspectives. Mm -hmm, for sure. And, um, how long has the symposium been around for as part of sustainable Kingston and what has it sort of grown to since its beginning? Yeah, well, the, the this is our sixth year. And okay, awesome. Yeah, our the first four years were in person, um, and then the pandemic hit, um, and so the past two symposiums, including this one, um, have been online. Um, and so, uh, what it was really interesting having the experience doing the online symposium last year, in that uh, we were able to. Um, uh, welcome speakers that we might not otherwise have been able to include yeah uh, and as well basically um, make the the event accessible to folks either living outside of the region or uh, people who aren't able to attend in person mm -hmm. so there's some real benefits for, for doing it online definitely yeah it grows your audience and also yeah like you said the people that you can also bring to speak um and can you tell us a little bit more about some of the speakers who will be present at the symposium i know you went into a little bit of detail but if you can elaborate just a bit more that would be great sure yeah so our keynote speaker is the honorable Catherine mckenna um who again was the former minister of um, the environment and climate change um and is now doing a lot of tremendous work at the United Nations and um, through her own consulting. Um, and so she's going to speak about um, nature-based solutions and sustainable infrastructure. And again, bring that, that senior policy uh, perspective. Um, Paul Taylor was with FoodShare uh, Toronto for many years and now is also uh, in, involved in a um, consultant role. And he's going to speak about uh, food insecurity and climate change. Um, he, he does a lot of great work with nonprofits um, throughout uh, throughout the country, and so again, he's he he has a really great perspective from the nonprofit side. Um, and then our um, our our panel. I'm going to be moderating the panel, and what we're hoping to talk about is sort of the through lines with with all of the uh, the speakers. So, for example. You know, CFP Kingston is going through a very large retrofit program. It's one of the largest in federal government um, building retrofit projects. Mm -hmm. uh, and so Lucas is able to talk a bit about, you know, the nuts and bolts of that. Um, Dr. Kyla Tianhara has been doing some research about uh, energy retrofit programs that also address 
inequality um, and affordable housing. And so it's going to be really great to have those perspectives. But some of the things that tie those discussions around are relate to technology and um, accessibility and, and some of the larger trends that impact everyone's um, experience in trying to decarbonize. The event is hosted by uh, broadcaster, author, comedian Ali Hassan, who hosted last year and did an, an amazing job. And um, Ali's such a gifted broadcaster, and he's he's a really brings a lot of um, uh, well, he brings a little bit of levity to the the event, but but also he's not an expert, and so mm -hmm. he's it's it's in, in many ways perfect to host that uh, host the event and also. Um, you know, be a voice for all of us who are not necessarily experts in climate change. And, and hopefully the, the message is you don't have to be an expert. This isn't um, something that, you know, if you don't have an environmental science degree, that's fine. You're welcome to attend and you will understand and um, learn a lot from, from this event. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's so amazing to, you know, make it accessible because I think events like this, you know, sound intimidating to people um, because they're like, oh, well, I don't really know too much about this. I don't have that science background. So maybe I won't understand a single thing. But again, you know, the whole point of these symposiums and these conferences is to invite people in to learn more and to see how they can make a change, what is really going on out there that we don't know about, that we're not hearing about necessarily and things like that. So no, that's really important. Um, that's really important and really amazing things that um, Sustainable Kingston is doing for this conference. So yeah, that's great. Um, yeah, and you know, I uh, sorry, just to add to that. Yeah, yeah, go I, ahead. I don't, I don't have a science background myself. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm a theater kid with a, you know, professional background in the nonprofit sector. So I'm, uh, you know, I'm in this role. I've gotten to learn a lot about, particularly um, the the energy space mm -hmm. um, and uh, and and the science of of um, climate change. But uh, again, it's it's not a requirement to engage and uh, and take action. Yeah, for sure. And thank you for sharing that because I think that will, you know, be very reassuring for people as well. Um, and, you know, just in what sort of ways can residents here in the Kingston area and honestly anyone listening to this, um, how can they, um, you know, do things to implement sustainable practices into their da daily lives? I think that's also something that people find very intimidating and they don't really know where to begin. Um, so what are some simple ways that people can start doing so, especially now that we, you know, we're in a new year, maybe it's a new year's resolution for some. Do you have any, I guess, suggestions? Yeah, I think, you know, the, the old cliche is we manage what we measure. So uh, mm. the first step sometimes is, is, is to measure your carbon footprint. There's lots of different ways you can do that, online tools where you can plug in, you know, the number of, um, you know, the, the number of uh, kilometers you drive every day and, uh, you know, how many lights you're leaving on, all that stuff that, that gives you a general idea. And mm -hmm. the, you know, it's establishing that benchmark is important. And then the when looking at that, it's important to see, well, what's what's the biggest driver of your of your carbon footprint? You know, mm -hmm. what's really um, causing a lot of emissions? And then chip away at that, you know, um, uh, if, if, you know, meat consumption, for example, is, is a big one. And so if you can reduce the amount of meat you're eating or preparing, um, that's key. Uh, we, we're heavily involved in the home energy retrofit space. So, um, you know, if you are a homeowner and you have the opportunity to uh, examine your, um, your building envelope and look at some of the really great grants and loans that are available to retrofit your space and potentially 
convert, you know, move away from oil and gas and, and move towards uh, the all, all season electric heat pump, um, that, that's great. So there's small steps and, and big steps you can take. But I think the first step is really getting a good handle on, you know, what you're doing day to day that is causing the most um, impact. Mm-hmm, for sure. Thank you so much. Um, and lastly, how can people attend the symposium happening on Thursday morning? So you can register for free uh, and you can go to sustainablekingston.com um, and you will find a link to the online registration. Um, the other thing I would encourage, uh, we, we've last year we had a number of students participate, both obviously at the post-secondary level, but, but also um, high school students. And it was awesome. great. We really pre- appreciate that and hope that students participate. And um, so teachers can also uh, register their class uh, and we just ask that you send a little note sent, letting us know that you're attending. Um, so we can give you a shout out and we know that uh, you're there. Um, but uh, yeah, you can register online at sustainablekingston.com. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Jeff, for joining me on air to discuss the Climate Change Symposium happening. Again, that is on Thursday, January 19th at 9 a.m. You can register online by going to sustainablekingston.com and sign up there. Um, But thank you so much, Jeff, for joining me. It's been a pleasure speaking with you and best of luck at the symposium. Thanks so much. Appreciate the opportunity. It was great to speak with Jeff Henry, COO of Sustainable Kingston, about the Climate Change Symposium. Again, folks, it is taking place this Thursday, January 19th at 9 a.m. virtually. It is free and open to the public of all ages, and it is a great way for you to learn more about the climate crisis currently going on and what we can do to prevent it from worsening. Kingston was the first city in Ontario to declare a climate emergency back in March of 2019, and since then the city of Kingston has established and launched several initiatives to help the climate crisis. The city of Kingston has purchased and been using two electric buses that operate for Kingston Transit. There are 48 public electronic vehicle charging stations in the city, and the city of Kingston has also planted more than 37,000 trees on city properties since 2018 and more. Kingston also has a goal to reach carbon neutrality by 2040. You can find all the different climate change initiatives that the city of Kingston is currently working on on the city of Kingston website. Just go to cityofkingston.ca and you can find an amazing infographic that tells you all that the city of Kingston has done and is planning on doing. To give you folks a little bit of a weather update for the night, there will be periods of freezing drizzle and flurries tonight. Fog patches will develop this evening with winds of up to 15 kilometers an hour. The temperature will steady near minus 2 with wind chill making it near minus 8. Tomorrow you can expect periods of light snow ending in the early afternoon and then clearing. Fog patches will dissipate in the morning with again winds of up to 15 kilometers an hour. The high will be plus 1 and the wind chill will make it minus 7 in the morning. And at night tomorrow, it will be clear with a low of minus 6. The rest of the week does look like flurries and periods of snow, but hopefully this weekend we will have some sunshine and it'll be back to being a little bit warm. And now let's jump into our traffic report for the week. Public Services and Procurement Canada wishes to advise motorists of an alternating lane closure on the LaSalle Causeway for maintenance work during the following periods, Tuesday, January 17th from 9.30am to 3pm and Wednesday, January 18th from 9.30am to 3pm. During these periods, one lane will be closed and one lane will remain open for alternating traffic. Two flag people will be on site to direct traffic. Motorists should expect short delays. Public Services and Procurement Canada encourages users to exercise caution when traveling on the bridge and thanks them for their patience. 
some road closures that will be in effect this week. Lower Brewer Swing Bridge is of course closed until further notice. University Avenue from Union to Earl will be closed until January 31st at 7pm for the Queen's John Deutsch University Centre project. Wellington Street from Brock to Princess will be closed on Wednesday, January 18th from 6am to 7pm for a crane setup to hoist material and equipment to 94 Princess Street. And Wright Crescent from the south intersection of Palace to 16 Palace will be closed until January 31st, 2023 for construction staging for 11 Wright Crescent. Please note that access to Wright Crescent will be through the north intersection of Wright Crescent and Palace Road. The School Streets Initiative is still in place. The following streets are closed from 8.40 a.m. to 9.10 a.m. and 3.20 p.m. to 3.50 p.m. on weekdays until June 29, 2023. McDonnell Street from Earl to Hill and Sydenham Street from Ordnance to Colburn. The following street will be closed from 3.30 p.m. to 5.30 p.m. every Monday until August 28, 2023. Thomas Street from Cowdy to Patrick. Some other delays that you can expect, Highway 33 east of Collins Creek Bridge to west of Coronation Boulevard, you can expect delays due to construction to improve drainage, construction barrels and flag people will direct traffic around the work zone, Jackson Mills Road near the KMP Trail is reduced to one lane for roadside safety improvements but remains open in both directions. In regards to the Portsmouth Waterfront Pathway, the city has closed access to the pathway at the foot of Mowat Avenue and Young Street and east of Lake Watch Lane to accommodate pathway and shoreline improvements. That's your traffic report, and now we're going to throw it over to Mary with some events for the week that you can check out. Thank you so much. I'm Mary McKetty, and this is your events calendar for the week. On Wednesday and all the way until February 4th, be sure to visit the Union Gallery to check out Suzanne's Closet's preview exhibition. Student and professional artists from the Cataraqui, Kingston region, and beyond donate artworks towards Union Gallery's largest annual fundraiser. The Union Gallery is located on the main floor of Stauffer Library. Coming up on Thursday, we have the Kingston Climate Change Symposium being held virtually from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. This event has free registration and speakers such as the Honorable Catherine McKenna, the former Environment and Climate Change Minister, and Paul Taylor, the executive of Food Share Toronto, will gather to discuss the various impacts of climate change. Be sure to register at sustainablekingston.com. Next up, from Saturday to Sunday, the New Generation Conference will take place at the New Medical Building on Queen's Campus. It starts at 9.30 on Saturday and 9.45 on Sunday, with $80 tickets available online at newgeneration.com. That's N-E-U generation.com. If you're interested in attending a neuroscience-based student-run conference, this event is for you. To wrap up, just a quick reminder that the ad drop period for winter term courses ends this Friday, so make sure to finalize your course selections by this date. I'm Mary McKetty, and those are all the events that we're highlighting for the week. Thank you so much for tuning in to the CFRC's news programming. If you ever have a news story or tip to share, please reach out to news at cfrc.ca. Stay tuned for more programming coming up next. Thank you for listening to The Rundown, produced with the generous support of the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences at CFRC 101.9 FM at Queen's University in Kingston, Ontario, situated on the traditional lands of the Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee peoples.